Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's It's my Friday, anyway. Well, kind of my Friday. Glad to have everybody here. I hope everybody's having a good day, and everybody's had a good day, and if you're getting ready to settle in on the East Coast, into your beds, that's a good sign, too, you know? Um, anyway, welcome. My name is Charlotte, and I will be your host for the next hour, as I'm pushing buttons off to the side here. Um, we got a great guest tonight, at least I hope we do, because I don't see him in the green room right now. But uh, either way, you get to hear from me about ghosties and stuff, so either way. Anyhow, uh, again, my name is Charlotte. I'm the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Um, we're based out of Sacramento, but we also have branches up and down the state of California. We have 35 strong in different places up and down the state of California. And we also have members in Oregon, Washington, Nevada. I keep forgetting. Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Hawaii. I think I got them all tonight. Usually I forget. Anyway, you can find us at www.CaliforniaHaunts.com. Org. It's hard because the radio is also California Haunts. So, but if you want to find the radio show, you can find this at www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. And if you go there, you will see the show live. Plus, you will see have access to upcoming shows and all the archived shows that we've done for the past year or so. Um, I want to make a couple quick announcements. Um, solstice is when winter solstice is going to start on the twenty. I believe the twenty second. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me. And um, and we've decided that we want to help you guys out because solstice is a time to reflect and think about things that have happened in your past and things that have happened like in your current, you know, time of life, and also as a way to look to the future and make improvements upon the stuff that has happened. So, um, I'm just seeing this as an email through. So what we decided to do was we want to help you out with that. Stephanie Page Belson, who is the medium, is one of the mediums with our team, is offering her services to do a seance on Sunday, December 19th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And you will get three questions that you can ask her. It could be about finances. It could be about anything you want. And she will do a reading. She has rooms and all, all, all the good tools and everything. And she will do a reading for you on all three questions. And she might even come in contact with one of your maybe deceased relatives or someone like that. So uh, if you want to do that and you're interested in, 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 in participating in this, you can find the link at www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. And go on to the top, and when, when, it says, uh, when it says extras up there, just click on extras, and it'll take you into special events, and you can sign up there. Okay? So that's an event we're doing. Sunday. Um, last Sunday, I finished Dickens' Christmas Carol. So this Sunday, we're, gonna, we're still going to be reading, because it's, it's the holiday, so we're still going to be reading stuff. So we are going to... Um, I am going to... I say we. It's a we. For me, it's a collective. The team and... and and the show and all that. It's its one big collective for me. And let me adjust this because it's going to drive me nuts. Don't you hate it when things fall? Um, I'm going to be reading from Mrs. Miracle. De- De- Debbie McCumber's Mrs. Miracle. Okay. I'm going to admit, I'm like a lot of people, I'm a big Hallmark fan. And one of my favorite movies is the original Mrs. Miracle movie. And so I was able to find the book and download it. So I thought that since I finished A Christmas Carol that... It would be kind of fun to read um, from Mrs. Miracle, okay? And depending on the time we have, uh, you know, coming into Christmas and stuff, if we get done with that quickly, we may not, though, because we're in the middle of the month. Either way, I'm going to be reading the, from the night before, you know, the, I'm going to be reading uh, the night before Christmas, either um, on Christmas Eve or the, or the day after Christmas for everyone. So I'll be doing that as well. But anyway, I want to welcome you guys, and um, I guess our guest got tied up in the... Another world that is the internet. So, okay, so what do we want to talk about tonight? I think the last time this happened, we were talking about different ghosts in the gold country. And um, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And uh, But it's not just the gold country. I have been, um, you know what fascinates me about 
the history of of California and, and not just California, but I mean history in general around the U.S. and around the world is that places get activity, you know, and it's not just any places that get activity. Ghosts will haunt, like you know, any, anywhere where there's an imprint of of energy of, of something that happened. It could be a house that maybe burned down and they built another house on top of the property and and there's still stuff going on at that house and yada yada yada, right? Uh, and there's still stuff going on because there's there's somebody stuck there. Okay. One of the things that fascinates me the most is military craft. You know, I'm talking like, you know, maybe airplanes, maybe hangars, or maybe even uh, boats, ships, you know, like aircraft carriers and stuff. One of the most haunted ones out here in California is the USS Hornet. And uh, I've been on, I've been aboard there a couple of times, and uh, they've got an area down in the hull of the boat itself that is like a, just, just a, just a maybe a storage area down there. Maybe they were used for the boilers or something. But it's cool down. It's, it's cooler down there. And from what I understand, is they used to use this. They used to use this area. I'm just checking email, see if he emails me. Um, they used to use this for the morgue during World War Two and Korea when the boat was when the ship was in service. And so the reports down there are that people get really colder, the hair, the hair on their arm stands on end and, 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 and stuff like that, you know, chicken skin, things like that going on. And um, so it's an interesting place. I've been down there. It, it's, it's, it's a whirlwind of passageways to get down there and climbing down steps and going through... You know, it's fun because, you know, we're, we're so used to, like, doing, like, going through regular doorways, and when you get on a, a military ship, there's no regular doorways. They, they, they have, just like in the movies, it's got the round, you know, the, 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 the those round doors, you know, the, those round openings, you know, with the real big wheels that lock the doors down in case the, in case the, something happens aboard ship, whether it's a fire or some kind of flood or something. So, you know, when you're walking through the ship, you're going you're gonna to be stepping over all, all of these entryways to, to get in these places. So it's really interesting, and, and, and especially an aircraft carrier like that. And that, I mean, compared to today's aircraft carriers, the USS Hornet is, is tiny by comparison. I mean, it's just, it's just tiny. But there is a lot of activity on there. You know, um, we were down on the brig, and... Um, I picked up a couple voices inside the brick. And this is during the day because we didn't do a night investigation. We just kind of took a tour with one of the docents, and he took us around. We kind of made friends with one of the docents, and he kind of walked us around to places that the public doesn't get to. And I'm not going to release the guy's name, but, you know, he, he took us around. And so while I was down there, of course, I had a digital voice recorder, and we had some equipment in our pockets. And so we were kind of doing some scans around, around the ship and stuff. And uh, we did go into the... Uh, that morgue area that was one of the areas we went into and we also went down into the brig of the uh of the hornet and i did pick up a evp in there and i can't remember what it was i'll have to i'll have to i didn't put the stuff on the website yet because i got way behind but um we did pick up a pretty clear evp down in the brig and it was interesting because one of our investigators was in the brig checking it out you know how people you go in there it's like when you go to alcatraz and stuff you, you want to step inside a um inside the cell and, and just see what's going on with the cell, right? You know, how it feels in there. That's what my that's what the investigator did. So while the investigator was inside the brig, somebody apparently was talking to her. And I think it might have been let me out. I think something along the line let me out, if I remember the EVP correctly. The other place creeps me out, the infirmary. I don't know what it is about infirmaries in old places, you know. The infirmary aboard that ship was, was incredible because the energy there, the, the air was so thick in the infirmary area. That, uh, yeah, you know, when people talk about you, you, you could cut it with a knife, well, you could cut it with a knife, literally. The day, and this is, I'm talking, this is during the day when they've got the air conditioning system on, you know, in the ship. You could still feel the thickness in the infirmary in that place. You know, another place where they have activity is um, the bunks because, you know, the enlisted men, of course, didn't have their own um, staterooms or anything like that. So, They've got there's bunks lined up all you know all over this one area, and people have said like when Boy Scouts and stuff because because they have programs where ghost teams can stay the night you know and investigate you know or Boy Scouts can stay the night and investigate, 
And people have said that they have seen people like lying in the bunks. They'll walk in there and then there'll be someone lying in a bunk, but there's no one there, right? When they when they finally walk over. Or, you know, the bunks are made and you'll see the, the, the lump of somebody lying there that's not there. Or somebody will be laying there at night and maybe they can't sleep. And so they've got, you know, how you get, it's kind of dark on the ship. You got one eye open because the ship's going to creak, of course, because it's, 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 even though it's in the bay, it's still going up and down and stuff with, with the ocean tides and so the ship is going to creak and make noises and all this is going to happen and you know so you're, you're going to have have one eye open when, when you're sleeping of course and yeah you're you know and, and people see stuff people will see you know men in uniform walking by you know even if it's seamen or even officers walking by in this area you know there's one reporter somebody that followed someone through the ship itself you know, it was try literally tracking someone through, you know, through, through the bowels of the ship. So it's an interesting place to go, and it, it it I could see how a ghost or whoever, you know, if somebody is really like killed there or something, and they're, and, and they're stuck there, or if they really loved what they were doing as a sailor or an officer, you could see them being there. You know, because it's just a cool, cool place, and there's and there's like millions of places to hide on this on uh, on those ships because, like I said, the past you got the passageways, you got the gang, you know, you got you got the flight deck, you got the areas beyond the flight deck where they did maintenance, you got all this other stuff going on, and then you got these like I said, long passage passageways, you got stair stair stairways going down, that are real real thin too, but you got to remember, guys that are in the service, are physically fit. So you're going to get that, you know? So as you're going down, cause I'm not a thin person. At least I'm not, I'm not a thin person anymore. Not as thin as I used to be. And so as you go down the, you know, the, the, these hallways and stuff, you start to realize just how thin servicemen are, how thin military guys are. And how, well, you know, it comes down to it, how physically fit military guys are. If, if you want to hit, hit, you know, hit, hit the nail on the head with the hammer, how physically fit military guys are. And um, you suddenly realize that when, when you're on one of these ships. Um, let's see, I got someone in the chat room. Hello, we're going to chat tonight. We're going to chat tonight. I guess the, de- the guest didn't make it. We're going to talk ghosties. So, unfortunately, the guest didn't make it on tonight. So, okay, we're good. We're talking ghosties. But, yeah, when, when you get on these ships, like, like even, you know, it's not, it's not only that, you know, it's not only the USS... Uh, Hornet, you know, as an aircraft carrier, I've been on the USS Iowa. I've also been on the Missouri, uh, you know, the the uh, battleships, and it's it's like that. It's the the passageways are, are narrower than you really think they are, and it, you know, you know, even for women, like I said, I'm not a big big person, but I'm not a small person either. So for me, it's just like a turning sideways to to get down the stairs sometimes, you know. Down the down the inner stairs of these places, but you can under you know I can understand by being aboard the ship how it could be like I said how how it could be haunted because there's just so much energy you know the the metal's gonna absorb all that energy all that all that wartime energy and stuff so anyway but that uh, that's the only one I know of out in this area is the USS. Um, Maybe somebody in the chat room can correct me, but the you know the only one I, I've been on and that I know of in this area that's that's really active is USS Hornet. You know, uh, but uh, I've been out there. The San Francisco Bay Area, uh, there is a lot of activity up and down Knob Hill. Um, Knob Hill is where a lot of uh, wealthy people had lived for years, and there's a lot of houses in that area that have activity as as well. You know, I've. I I haven't personally investigated them, but I know of places up there that have a lot of activity. Um, You know, a few of my friends have been in there. A few of my friends that are authors have have been in there in those different places. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting when when you get into stuff like that and you start looking into these different areas. Because San Francisco is so big, you know, compared to Sacramento, a place like Sacramento. San Francisco is huge. So, again, there's a lot of energy because they had the earthquake all those years ago. And, you know, so you're going to get 
all that residual. Plus, with the Earth moving like it does, and believe me, well, we live in—I live in earthquake country—and no matter what they tell you, the Earth doesn't stand still. The Earth is forever shifting, even under my feet. You know, if something falls in my house, if it's not paranormal, then first thing I do is, I, is I'm looking at, at, at the earthquake reports to see if there was an earthquake. Because my house runs along the fault line. And the reason why I know this is because anytime there's been an earthquake anywhere, the next, neighbors next door off to the right of me, their house shakes. Or stuff in my backyard shakes. I remember the Lower Priata earthquake how we had a doughboy at the time in the backyard and how the pool, the water in the pool totally ended up looking like I was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It was, you know, there were so many waves and it was splashing so badly. And then my neighbor reported that, and then I didn't feel anything in my house, but my neighbor reported that because they had they had beads hang, hanging in their windows, you know, for bead curtains in their windows. And they reported that the beads were moving back and forth and shaking in their windows. But my house had nothing. It was just everything around my house. So, I mean, we live in an earthquake country, and that's the energy that's running underneath all these houses, just like San Francisco and Los Angeles and everything down south. And, you know, in fact, everything up north. It goes all the way through, it goes all the way through Washington and Oregon. You know, everybody's living on, 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 this shaky, on, on these shaky faults. So, I mean... When, when you put that together with maybe paranormal activity, you know, and, 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 and the energy of people dying during the earthquake and the energy of people maybe who've lived in a house that they absolutely adored, you're going to get paranormal activity at some point. So, you know, take it for what it's worth for California. Um, you know, one thing that fascinates me, and, and, and it's, it's, it's theaters and opera houses. I, I think that when you talk about active places in saloons, you know, you can understand saloons because people are having a good old time when they're in a saloon. So if, if you're going to, if you're going to haunt someplace, that's the place you're going to haunt as a saloon, right? Cause you can still lift up a few, but theaters and opera houses, because, because the actresses and actors love that, love to feel that energy. And that was probably the most fun they had when, when they were, you know, up on stage and the ones around here, are pretty active. Uh, we've got the Sacramento Theater Company out here, um, about 20 miles, 30 miles down, or up highway, up I-5 up here in Woodland, is the Woodland Opera House. And that's very, very active. It's one of the most active places around here. You know, there's also a few smaller theaters. You know, you get into the smaller towns like Marysville or someplace further up north that has a theater, or you get into like Vacaville or Vallejo, and you run into those theaters, and those are active. And the funny thing is, is that when you see these smaller theaters, like Moore Park, California has a theater. When you see some of these um, smaller theaters, there's one ghost that's consistent in these theaters. And it's a Polish opera singer that hangs out in these theaters. Her name is Madame Mucheska. We met Madame Mucheska at the Woodland Opera House. Many, many years ago. And she came by way, um, Sabrina at the time, who was our lead uh, field sensitive, came out with us, and she was a channeler. And I, I never, and this is what's funny, if, if you haven't been around somebody that channels before, it can get really unnerving. And at that time, I had never been around somebody that channeled. And Sabrina, bless her heart, love her to death, like a sister. She's... Uh, she sometimes doesn't give you notice that she's channeling. So you'll be walking next to her through a haunted location. And then all of a sudden, her whole demeanor changes. Her voice gets deeper. or Her voice will get higher. And, you know, she'll be walking different. She'll be carrying herself differently. And you're like, wow, when she does this. Because there's no warning. And I remember the first time I was with her, I was with the, at the Wilden Opera House. We were actually filming. Um, we used to, California Haunts, which we're going to start probably doing again, used to be a TV show that was shown on public access. In fact, we were out before even Ghost Hunters was on regular TV. We were doing shows for public access in, in, in Woodland, in Davis. And uh, so I hooked up with another paranormal team because at that time I did not have a paranormal team. 
At that time, California, like I said, California Haunts was just a TV show. And hooked up with this paranormal team, went to the Wilden Opera House, which is where I met Sabrina and, and you know, these other people that, that we worked with. And had no clue about, you know, all I knew about the paranormal was what I'd seen on, like, shows like In Search Of. Right? You had In Search Of and what, Unsolved Mysteries back then? That's, that, that's how long it's been. And um, so I go out and we've got video cameras. There's two of us filming. I forget who my other camera person was at the time. Go out to the Woodland Opera House, and um, the history there is there was a, like, like, like every small town, the, the, there was a fire that, that, that took out Main Street. And the firemen had, well, one of the firemen had gone, volunteer firemen had gone into the Woodland Opera House to check it out and make sure there was nobody in there. And they locked him in without realizing he was in there. Because remember, back in the late 1800s, there were no radios. So the, the you know, there was no way for him to let them know that he was in there. So they, they locked the doors, locked him in. And he was down, he, he was up, I, I believe the story goes, and don't hold me to it because I haven't been out there in a while. But he was up on the stage or above on, on the second balcony tier. And the roof collapsed on him. And he ended up going all the way down to the basement of the opera house and got in, and died. Head injury. Boom. And he um, supposedly haunts the location. Okay. Now I know I'm getting around to Madame Macheska here, so it's a roundabout thing. So we go so we all go to the opera house and you know they're communicating with the firemen and we get up on the second tier balcony up, up in the foyer up there and Sabrina suddenly is acting completely different. In fact, I kind of laughed and I said, you know, you remind me of Sybil. You know, Sybil was right. The Sybil movie about the gal with the multiple personalities. That's what it was like. And I remember I, I, was, I was shooting video and photos at the time and they went and got Sabrina a, a, a shawl to put on and Sabrina was madam. And Sabrina went, well, I need you to take a picture right in front of me, right in front of me, right in front of me. So I did. And if you look at the, if you go to the website and, and check it out, you can actually see white, big white splotches in front of Sabrina's face where she told me to take the picture. So Sabrina's talking to Madam. And then at some point during the conversation, I hear a noise. And it sounded like, in fact, everybody heard the noise. And it sounded like something had fallen from like the ceiling and dropped to the floor and went rolling so we go to check it out and it's a single pearl like like off a pearl necklace or, or, or a pearl bracelet i still have the pearl but maybe you know maybe madam was giving us this pearl i don't know you know but it's interesting so anyway so we encountered we encountered madam that time Went back like two or three more times to the opera house in fact i took my own team when when we stopped filming the tv show with that team and decided to go off on my own, you know, as California haunts. I took my team back. I, I took my team back in with Sabrina, you know, into the, into the Woodland Opera House. Of course, Madam was there, so we were talking to Madam, having conversations with her. And there's, and like I said, she's not the only one there. Okay, she is, you know, she is just one of about three or four ghosts that that are very active there. In fact, to give you an idea how active it is. Pianos will move like from one side of the stage to the other. That, that's how active it is. Or it used to be when they sewed um, costumes in this place, women would like be, you know the seamstresses would be sewing up the costumes. They 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 go out to lunch because there's restaurants you know up and down Main Street. So they get up and go have their lunch. They would come back to the they would come back to the opera house and all the thread was taken out of what they had been sewing. So. Um, you know that's that's the act that you got, and you got the, the the elevator goes up and down by itself, and the doors open, and no one comes out. That kind of thing going on. You got, like I said, you got objects moving. Uh, ladders will move. Uh, they'll come in. The all, all the lighting will be reset in the building. Um, you know, and uh, the the sound settings will be reset. Um, there have been two. There have been photos of two apparitions in the building. Um, one. I was there for, actually I was there for both of them, but the one I was physically standing next to the photographer when she took the photo and I saw, and, and there was nothing there. And boy, were we excited. Like around 10 o'clock at night, we were up all night just gabbing over this photo because it, 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 there is a person there. 
The second one was taken by, by, by one of my team members, Jose. And that was up. Uh, we, we had the media with us for a newspaper story. And we had our command center up on the second, ba second balcony, the second story balcony. And you can clearly see a little child off to the right when there was none in this photo. So, I mean, there are people hanging out there. You know, and then we found out with the other team while we were while we were there investigating with the other team that the fireman is there because the guy that lit the set the fire in Woodland is still there, and so the fireman is there to torment him because he lost his life. And the guy so, now this is just what I mean for the psychic, so you know you can call me what you want or whatever. And then the guy that set the fire is there because he's afraid he's afraid to move on. You know what he's going to face for actually having set the fires. Anyway, getting back to Madame Macheska. Okay. So a few years later, well, not a few years there, about four months later, after I went in with the other team to film, we filmed at Sacramento Theater Company. And uh, interesting place. There's a lot of legends about uh, the ghost named Pinky, who's a cross a Hungarian man who's a cross dresser, and he li he liked to wear. During his lifetime, he liked to wear high heels and women's, obviously women's clothes. And they say that they can hear him walking up and down, walking on the stage and walking up and down the halls because you can hear the high heels. And what was interesting was Karen Clark um, had just joined the team. And she She's also one of my psychics on my team. And uh, she knew nothing about the place. Karen doesn't do research at all. She's a very, very gifted uh, medium, psychic medium, and um, she did not do any research on the place. She goes in there, and the first thing we're walking around, and she was at that time, <laughs> and she still is a little bit, she can get really excitable, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's downright terrifying. So I'm walking around with her, remember these places are dark, so you're walking around, and uh, all of a sudden she just yells out, and she goes, did you see that? And I went, boom, I almost dropped the camera. And I said, no, what What are you looking at? She says, a pink orb just went by. A pink orb. A pink orb in the area where they reportedly see and hear Pinky. So, who knows, right? Could it have been Pinky? Maybe. That's what Pinky was showing us a pink orb. Um, other things that happened in this place that were rather interesting was... Uh, we were up, upstairs. Their um, their costume department is upstairs and away from the main stage. It's above the main stage, but it's away from the main stage. And their sound, I think, I think their lighting board, their their sound board is up there too. And so we go up there, and this is it had to be like 105 outside. It's really hot in Sacramento, not not like Arizona, but it gets hot in Sacramento. And the doors to the or the door to the costume room is really thick okay i'm talking thick enough to where you really as as a female as a woman i have to really push on it really push on it to, to move it around and so we left the door open and walked in because it was hot that day and we no sooner got in the door the door slammed that was the first thing that happened karen and i this is us walking around doing, you know doing a walkthrough there's a big hallway that goes back into another section. And as we went down this hallway, these boxes were stacked on either side of us, you know, on, on a shelf. And as we were walking through this area, the boxes were moving as we were walking, like something was following us. Got to the end, took some of the boxes off, nothing there. Could we have caused it by stepping down? Possibly. But I don't think so. Yes, we do have team members in Solano County, Jennifer. We actually do. Yep. Yippers, yippers, yippers. We cover every area of California. Every area. So we get through, and, you know, of course, you know, we couldn't figure out the boxes. Another thing that happened, too, was that later on when the rest of the team got in that we were filming and all this, there was a closet um, there that where when you open the door, they had all these 
uh, mannequins. You know, the, the the ones you use. The 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 ones that you use, like like if you're going to make costume, you're going to put stuff on the mannequin, right? And, you know, sew it and all that stuff and get them. In. So they had like about maybe twenty of these mannequins in this closet. It went it went back a distance. As the psychic of the of the day, who was not Karen at that point because we had two psychics with us, was doing her readings and then doing her thing. She said, you know, I want to open up that closet because there's something in the closet. I don't know what it is. There's something drawing me to the closet. It opens the closet up. And I witnessed this myself. And every mannequin was in motion. And I mean, like they were, like you had ten mannequins on either on either side in a row, right? While the mannequins were doing this, this kind of movement back and forth. Couldn't explain it. But again, you know, we are in earthquake country, so who knows? All right. So she decides to do a reading by the door by where Karen and I had walked through where these boxes were moving. So I was standing in the back. And again, like I said, there's, there's like another doorway. And, and in, the, in this area is where they have like their soundboard or, or, or their lighting board. Back then, I didn't know what the hell this stuff was. I hadn't gone to college yet. So I, I believe it's a soundboard. And I was standing back there. And Psychic's doing her reading up front. Of course, obviously, I wasn't filming at the time. Somebody else was. And all of a sudden, I hear a footstep behind me. I turn around. There's no one there. I hear another footstep. This time, going along with the footstep was what sounded like keys. You know, like when you were in high school, right? And the custodian who had all his keys, would come walking down the hall. You could always tell when the guy was coming or the gal was coming because every time they stepped down, it would, it would, it would jingle along with, their, along with their footfall. This is what I heard coming up behind me. So I thought, wow, okay. So I wanted to see if anybody else heard. So I'm looking at everybody else's faces. And I don't see any reaction on anybody's faces. So I got the idea that, okay, I'm going to go up front where the psychic is and I'm going to look back from, from her view to see what happens. One of the investigators, Janelle, was in the spot I was in. And I was watching the look on her face. And I'll never forget it because Janelle is a very no-nonsense person. She's a debunker. You know, she's not going to believe stuff right away. And as she's standing there, I'm watching her because she's facing us. So as she's standing there. I watch her look to the left and then look back. And I knew she had heard it. And she did it about four times. And the look on her face, she just kind of went, wow, what is that? You know? And so when we all started to move, I, I waited for her and I said, well, why were you looking off to the left? She says, because I heard these footsteps and I heard this, this chain or something clanging and dangling, you know, like somebody walking. So she had heard it too. So whatever it was, was whoever it was, was coming up behind us. From, from maybe he was checking out to see why the heck we were there, right? You know, who knows? Get back down the main stage. And I've always wondered this. You know, you go to different haunted locations and you talk to these these ghosts, like Madame Macheska. You come in contact with the guy from the Opera House or whoever, and you wonder if they can remember who you are. Now, obviously, when you're in the building with them 24-7, like if I was to work, get a job at the Opera House, she wouldn't know who I was because I'd be there all the time, right? You know, or if I go to the Murphy's Hotel, same thing, they, they would know me. Like they, okay. So I always had this theory that maybe they did know us, right? But I didn't know this until the day. I'm, I'm kind of sitting on this chair on the stage t taking a breather, and Karen comes running up to me, and she says, oh, my gosh, someone wants to talk to you. And I, and I thought it was one of the investigators, right? So I was like, oh, okay, okay, whatever, I'm resting now, but fine, I'll talk to him. And I says, well, who is it? And she says, well, Ma Madame Macheska is asking for you. So there's the answer to my question. Madame remembered me from the Woodland Opera House when I came to Sacramento Theater Company. So you never know about these things. But again, that's not the only place that Madam has appeared, okay? I never got the chance to, we, we had a house in Moore Park, California, for a while. And I remember talking to some of the locals in town, 
And they said, yeah, the, you know, the, 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 this thing has activity and, and all this. And I said, well, do you guys know, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get back here to, you know, live or whatever, you know, to hang out. Do you guys know who, you know, might be the one who's, 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 who's the most active, you know, at this opera house? And this guy looked up and he goes, yeah, some Polish opera singer. Really? I said, do you know her name? No. So I started up with a local newspaper and I was asking around. And yes, there have been reports. Yeah, it's Madame Mucheska. So they can haunt multiple places, apparently. Okay? They can go to multiple places. So anytime I go into it, like in, in the Northern California or even towards Southern California, even the Gold Country, every time I go into a haunted theater, whether it's in a haunted, you know, like, like a town like Coloma or wherever, I'm always looking for Madame Macheska because she frequented all this stuff. Um, so it, it's interesting to find stuff out like that, little tidbits, when when you're out doing these these commercial jobs, you know, when, when you're out ghost hunting. One of the stories I have that I don't talk much about that Karen and I, um, shadow people, you know, I don't know what they are. There's a lot of theories out about shadow people. But I have seen two. And they have been so, so clear. And the one we saw, we were doing a story, it was Halloween, and we got permission to go into the cemetery. Uh, excuse me while I, it's hot in here. I don't do that. Crazy. Um, and we got permission to go into the cemetery uh, in Georgetown, just outside of Georgetown. And we went up there at night. Karen and I, we all met for dinner, and then we drove up. And Karen and I drove up. We're driving together. And as we were driving up, something crossed in front of our car. I mean, this is, we're talking, this is like two-lane road, you know, and there's, there, there's, there's hills on either side of us. So if anything has to, like, go up the, go, go that way, they would have to take a huge step to go up the hill, all right? I've seen animals do it, like foxes and stuff, and it's, it's nothing for them. But we're talking, you know. We're talking a lot of effort to go up the, uh, up the hill. And so Karen and I are driving, and I've got my high beams on. And we weren't on the main road. We, we weren't on the main high, little highway. We, we were off the highway going into the cemetery, going towards the cemetery. And we both look up, and something crosses in front of the, A man, a shadow of a man, crosses in front of the car. He was so dark that he blocked my headlights. Okay, you could not see because it's you know, it the size of a man. He wasn't big, so I mean, you could obviously see around, right? No way, no light penetrated him at all. And so he went up straight up the hill like there was no effort at all, straight up. And I'm talking, you know, I'm talking highway, I'm talking embankment. You know how those embankments are, like, 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 like when you're in rural areas. He went up the embankment, literally. And so we get out of the car, being brave ghost hunters. <laughs> we get out of the car and we're looking around. No footprints, no nothing, because it had just rained. So there was no, there was no footprint on the road, nothing on the side of the road, nothing. Nothing going up the hill. There's no way anybody human could have made it up that hill. No way, without having to literally, you know, slow down and, and kind of, especially in the dark like that, you know, gingerly make your way up the hill. There's just no way. And that was our first experience with the Shadow Man. Now, a funny story that happened at the cemetery was that Karen was doing her thing. We're taking photos, you know, this newspaper article. I'm, I'm writing the article. We're up there. It's for a Halloween article. And I guess... The right hand didn't tell the left what we were doing up there, so the local police showed up. So I'm thinking, everybody's here, you know, he'll see what we're doing, I'll explain to him who I am and all this. And So I'm standing there and I'm talking to him and, and, and he says, oh yeah, I recognize you from a couple of car accidents and all this. Okay, it's cool. I said, well, you can call my editor, so and so, so, so. And I said, I, I, I said my crew's here. And he goes, where? I turn around 
and there's no one there. They're all hiding, right? My big bad ghost hunters left, left, left me hanging out there to talk to the police. Nice bunch of folks, right? But anyway, I just thought it was a... that. I, in fact, that night I thought it was funny, too, because I thought I turned around and they're gone. They might as well be ghosts. But anyway, the next time I saw a shadow person, we went up to Columbia. This is another gold mine, another gold mining town. And Columbia is built like, um, you know, it's still got the main street. And during and during the day, for you know, they used to have gunfights there. I don't know if they do anymore because I remember going up as a kid with my mom and dad. And they always had gunfights. And, uh, and I remember, you know, they always have the undertaker and, the, you know, everything's there. It's a big deal. Stagecoaches going up and down the streets and, and stuff like that. So we're going, we, we decide that we're going to investigate the Fallon, excuse me, the Fallon Hotel in Columbia. And uh, so I'm driving up there with another investigator to get things prepped. And as we're driving up, things get weird in the car. And the energy got thick. It got colder in the car. And I remember turning to the other investigator and I said, you know, I wonder if there was a fatal accident here. Because I think we just drove through something. I don't know what's going on, but I think we just drove through something. And she said, well, I don't know. I just know we were both getting physically ill in the car. So I get on the phone to another psychic friend of mine. And the psychic friend says, there's someone in the car with you guys. It's a male. I don't know what he's doing there, but he's in the car with you guys. So we finally made it to the hotel. And I'm yelling in the backseat. You know, people think I'm nuts. You know, we, we, we pick up a, hitchhike, a hitchhiking ghost, and I'm just like, get the hell out of my car. So I'm, I'm like yelling at this thing, and there's no one there, right? So people are walking by looking at me looking crazy. We get out of the car, go to walk in the, 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 the hotel, you know, to, so we can unload our equipment. And we're banging on the door. And, I mean, we're just like, hey, hello, we're here. You know, because we, we got there on time, so they knew when we were arriving. Hello, we're here. No one comes to the door. All right? We were banging so loud and talking so loud that the guy that ran, the, the manager of, of the hotel, like a block away, could hear us in this town. So he came down to open up the hotel. Now, the gal that was the night manager at this hotel, she was only like a room away from us. She couldn't hear us at the door. So that was the beginning of our of our night, right? So we go in, and I, I have this policy. I have this thing about it. But, I mean, if you got to go, you got to go. But I have this thing about not going to the bathroom by myself in, in, in a reportedly haunted hotel. Because one of the things that happens in hotels like that is that the newer plumbing gets replaced, but the older plumbing doesn't. So the stuff that's way deep down underground doesn't get replaced. So, of course... You got the old plumbing, you got water flowing through there. And so the chances of there being activity in that bathroom are pretty high. So I always have this vision, you know, sitting on that pot boy, and there's, there's somebody right in my face, you know, looking at me. So I tend not to go in old hotels. I just don't. Anyway, so that time I decided to go. And I guess they decided to do it, my investigator and that night manager decided to do a walkthrough of this, of this hotel. And I get back, and they're like, you know, you're not going to believe this, but the, the hotel is attached to an ice cream shop and a theater. And so they were going down the stairs to the theater, and they come up excited. And they're like, you're not going to believe this, but the manager just got shoved down the stairs. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a fun night for us. We have somebody in the car with us, and now somebody gets shoved down the stairs. So we set up the equipment. Everything's going good for the night. You know, we're getting good results. You know. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Always remember that, Jennifer. Always haunted. Bring someone with you. A lot of the time, the activity when you go into these places, in fact, the psychics that we have on our team, they'll focus on the bathroom. Okay, because... Because, like I said, there's water. Water attracts spirit activity. That's that's where they're going to be. So, the night progresses. It gets around maybe 2 in the morning. And um, I decide we're going to go in the parlor. And there's about 8 of us on the team doing an investigation. 
And I decided that we want to do a EVP session with dowsing rods, you know, and the whole schmear. The lights were on. The only light that wasn't on. Okay. Well, the lights, it was dim. Let me put it this way. The lights are off, but you could, but the door of the place had like this light stained glass going on. So you had a light, a lot of light coming in from the street because they had street lamps out there. So there was a lot of light coming in from the street. So you could see pretty good. You could see the other people in the room, you know, pretty good. There was a hallway off to the right and behind me, and that was dark. And I started doing my session. And one of the investigators who's sitting directly across from me says, Charlotte, there's somebody coming up the hallway. And since it was only us and the manager there, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's the manager. But the manager never came. The manager was asleep. So I, I'm still doing my session, and, and, and her eyes are getting, you know, the investigator's eyes are getting bigger and bigger because whatever this is, is coming up the hallway and keeps coming. So out of the corner of my eye, I see a man. Oh, he is a shadow man. Had to be around six feet tall. And he couldn't have been more than six feet away from me. I got a good look, okay? And it got to the point where he walked in, and I guess he was curious. I don't know if he was curious or mad at us or what he was. But he walked in the room, and like I said, six feet away, and he stopped and stood there and stared at us. Like shadow people do from the corners and stuff. Only this one was right there. You could see him, like I said, because, because the door was there. Everybody in the room saw him. In fact, everybody was like, Get out! Get out! Get out! In the name of Jesus Christ, get out! Be gone! Blah, blah, blah. So he turns around. He walks straight through the door. The glass in the door. And we're looking at each other and we're like, okay, he's gone. It's good. Everything's cool. So I go back to continuing the session. And about three, four minutes later, we see him come through the door again. Literally come through the door. And again, he stops. He stops right there, watching us. So, I mean, by now it's like 3 a.m., so I'm just thinking, you know what, we need to go home anyway. So I thought, I get the message, we're just going to stop. So we stopped, kind of slept for an hour or two, and then drove home. I get home that afternoon, and at that time, because my dad was sick, my mother and I made it a habit to sleep on the couches in our clothes because... We didn't know when we were going to be getting up to take him to the hospital in the last minute. So I finally crash on, on my couch, and I'm laying there, and I feel something on top of me. And literally, like, right here on top of me. And I remember waking up, and I, I pushed this thing off, just literally pushed it off. And I could feel it release as it went off. And again, I opened all the windows in my house, you know, like the the neighbors are used to this. And, you know, I'm like, get the hell out of my house. Get the hell out. You don't belong here. Go, go, go. Right? So whatever this was left. So apparently I I got on the phone with the same psychic I had talked to driving up to the house, you know, driving up to the hotel. And asked her about this guy. And she said, you know what? You You reminded him of his wife which is why he was bothering you the whole night and, you know, and all this was going on. <laughs> wow. Right. But you can't prove this. You know what I mean? You can't, this is stuff that you just, this is stuff you just can't prove. But I mean, this is what happens to investigators. Sometimes you run into a place or you run into somebody like this and it's just, this is what, it, this is what it is. It's, you know, it is what it is. This is stuff they don't show on TV. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that was my experience with, with this. And you got to figure it was a male spirit that was in the car with us going up to. So it was probably the same guy was following me around. I had to say, I had something similar happen at the Ride Hotel up on the river up here. I mean, I went, uh, the, the team was off investigating and I went down in the speakeasy to set, to set up a video camera. And I was wearing a white California hunt shirt and I went downstairs and I got the most uneasy feeling down there that someone was watching me. And whoever it was was really angry. So instead of turning around to go up the stairs, I literally backed up the stairs. So I was walking backwards up the stairs. I get about a quarter of the way up the stairs and I, I looked down and I said, please don't hurt me. And I kept going up. So then I get up the top and I'm at the monitors 
and there, there was an open door that, that led down there. And so I shut the door. Yes, the EVP thing, yeah. Yeah, Jennifer, I was observing and not talking when all this went down. So this door was open, and so, you know, of course I'm getting unnerved because I have a weird feeling that this that this thing, whatever was down there, that, that made me, like, feel like it was going to hurt me is coming up the stairs after me. So I turned around, shut the door, because I left the door, like, right when I'm looking at the camera here is right where the, almost where the door was only off to the left. So I shut the door. So I have back problems. So I go in the restroom to take one of my pain pills. This is like 11 o'clock at night. Everybody's upstairs doing EVP sessions or whatever they're doing. And I go in the women's bathroom to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my stomach's so bad. Um, I go in the women's restroom to take my pill. And so I put my head under the sink because there were no, no cups. And in my mind's eye, I see a big hand reach behind my head. Boom, it knocked my head in the wall. It didn't happen, but I saw it in my mind's eye. So I'm shook, but by now I'm alone, I'm shook. So I decided to go upstairs and get one of the psychics to find out what the heck's going on. I get up the stairs, and it was, it was so dark. And I mean, I've never seen something so dark, because don't get me wrong, okay? The light was on in the hallway. Okay, because where I was standing when I got up at the top of the stairs, it was light. Just like just like when you were in your hallway at night, it was light. But as you as I looked down the hallway, it got darker and darker and darker and darker. And I thought, I'm not going there. I am not going down that hallway. So I go back downstairs and I go outside. I'm shook. I'm thinking, whoa, what is going on in this place? Again, I go home. My mother, 85 years old. My sister had been taking care of her. I go home. And remember, this is all, this is all prohibition time. The place had, you know, the, a link to the mob. Um, I go home. And about 3 in the morning, my mother wakes up screaming. And I'm going, what's wrong? What's going on? She says, they're dumping the bodies in the river. They're dumping the bodies in the river. I don't know why, but they're dumping the bodies in the river. Now, remember, this is Prohibition time, and there were rumors that these mobsters would get rid of the people that this point actually irritated them, right? And the only way they could do it was to dump the bodies in the river. So my mother was seeing this. So whatever it was that affected me at that hotel came home with me and affected her. We got through the night. I'm burning up the phone lines again, you know, with, with my psychic team. Psychic calls me finally, finally calls me back and says, you know what? She says, I see them fighting. I said, you see who fighting? It's a couple. She's wearing a wedding dress. Okay. I see them fighting. And I said, well, what does that have to do with me? Because you were wearing white that night. You look like her. And what he did was he chased her through that floor of the hotel. And he killed her in the bathroom. By smashing her head against the wall. Which is what I saw. When I was in, you know, the women's bathroom. Wow. You know? But I clearly saw in my mind's eye, I saw this hand. I, I'm telling you, reach behind me and boom, and put my head like that. In my mind's eye. Are we going back there? Oh, yeah, you betcha. In fact, we're due to go back sometime in the next couple months in this hotel to investigate. You know? And uh, you run into stuff like that, though, when you're out investigating. But you never know, you know, like I said, it might be, you might look like somebody that, 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 that the spirit knew, you know, in, in their lifetime. Or it might, like, like with me, out here I was wearing a white shirt, a piece of clothing, you know, triggers the memory in that particular spirit. You want to go, Jennifer? We can arrange that. Absolutely.
But this, this is what happens when you're out on these investigations, you know? This is what happens. The second you turn the cameras off and you're filming, this is the kind of crap that happens. <laughs> you know, all the good stuff happens. In fact, down in that uh, speakeasy, which was kind of interesting, too, because we, we had a conference up there at that particular hotel, and Monica uh, Funk had, uh, or has, which we've inherited, which I'm really excited about, a uh, FLIR thermal imager uh, for her Android phone, and I actually went down to, to watch it, and she, um, excuse me, she had actually picked up something walking around the room, around the people that were seated at the table on this FLIR imaging camera. So that's interesting. You know, so somewhere there's footage for that. That, that, that was obtained there, the same place. Yes, Jennifer, you can. Um, yeah, so stuff like that happens. I mean, that's that's part of being an investigator. You're going to run into stuff like that. You know, it's not all hunky-dory like on TV. <laughs> you know, you're going to run into stuff. But even me, for doing this for so long, as long as I have, there's still things that, 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 that throw me. You know, I've come home where something has followed me home and, you know, like, I have a through-the-wall air conditioner, a real big one, in my dining room. And I've come home where something, whatever it was, followed me home. I don't know if because it's frustrating or what, what the deal was. It ripped the front of the air conditioner off and threw it across the room. You know, so I've had stuff follow me home all the time, you know, follow me home a lot. And you just deal with it. You know, it's a thing that sometimes after two or three days, they'll get tired and leave because they realize they're not where they're supposed to be. Other times you have to, you know, like the neighbors or neighbors, you know, or I'm yelling out, I open the windows and I'm yelling out the door. Or sometimes you even have to, like, get in your car and take them back and open the door and send them packing. You know, I had one follow me home from uh, the uh, Sequoia in Placerville that I had to, I, fortunately, because I, I worked up in Placerville, I could just drive up there and open the door and just tell them to get the hell out of my car. Um, we were coming home one time from... I think it was the, the uh, what hotel is that? Uh, hotel in McCallum Hill where we were doing investigations. And I had a couple, I had someone in the back seat with me who was, who was psychic. <laughs> and we passed by the cemetery and she starts having a conversation with somebody in the back seat of my car. And I said, well, who, who are you talking to? And she says, oh, he just wants to ride up there with us and back. Who wants to ride up there with us and back? Well, his name is John, and he wants to he wants to ride up to the hotel. So I, you know, she had a conversation with him all the way up to the hotel. So we took him up to the hotel, and then we get up there, and he doesn't want to go in. So I guess he waited in the car while we investigated. And then on the way back, he was in, he was still in the car with us. And as soon as we got by that cemetery, he 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 left. He was just a ride along, and apparently, from what she from what I heard from the back seat when she was talking to him was that this is what he liked to do was he liked to wait for cars to go by and he would get in the car and, and go for a ride with people. And the majority of the people, of course, don't know he's in the car, right? So he's just sitting there quietly. But you get people, you get the sensitives on the team and, you know, sure enough, they're going to realize he's in the car with them. So, you know, you, you get adventures like that when you're out in the field too. But anyway, I'm glad I got to talk to you guys for an hour. It was fun, you know, talking about stuff. It brings back memories for me, too, for doing stuff. In fact, I can't wait to get back out. And um, we're getting a bunch of new equipment in, and I'm really excited about the, the new gear we're getting into to help people and to do some of the commercial jobs and, you know, kind of look it up. If you're interested in a reading, um, we got this thing going on. The solstice is starting, I think, on the 22nd. And so Stephanie from our team um, has volunteered to uh, spend some time with anyone that wants it. She's going to do three readings. You can ask three questions. And she's got have a friend that happens to have a friend that happens to a lot. She takes them back and kicks them out of her car. Yeah, yep, that's what that's what you do. You got to kick them out of the car. You gotta kick their butts out. Whether it's your house, you know, whatever. Jerry, yep, yep. Anyway, so Stephanie Page Belson, uh, uh, one of our lead mediums on the team, is going to be doing a winter solstice event. And that's going to be Sunday the 19th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. 
And people that attend the event will get three questions to ask her. And uh, she will answer those questions, either use, you know, using her psychic abilities or using tar tarot or using um, using uh, stones. I'm here. I guess my mind, my mind is blanking. But it, it's a really cool event. And if you have any questions and stuff about the future or the past or or what's going on with you currently, this you know it's a good time to ask them. The thing she requires is that you bring a pad of paper with you so that you can write your questions down and then write her answers down. But she will answer three of your questions, and uh, the readings will be anywhere from 15 to maybe 20 minutes. So it's not too bad. Um, if you want to check the event out, go ahead and check it out at www.californiahauntsradio.com. And go up to where it says extras, and you can go to events, and it's, on, it's posted there. But she's like I said, we're going to be doing that on the on the nineteenth at seven p.m. Uh, please remember also that this Sunday I will be reading from Mrs. Miracle because we finished. Um, sorry, we finished Dickens' Christmas Carol last weekend, so we're going to go ahead and start um, the reading from Debbie McCumber's Mrs. Miracle. So that's going to be Sunday at six thirty. The guest. I'm sorry he didn't make it tonight, so I guess we'll just have to chuck that one off. But anyway, our guest on Tuesday, on Monday, is going to be Tim Scullion. Tim Scullion takes fantastic photos of ghosts. So he's going to be on to talk about and show some of his photos to us and talk about how he does it and how he goes about it. Is he psychic? I don't know, but he gets these really great photos. And I found that there are people out there when you're out in the field doing investigations, there are certain people on your team that have a knack for getting photos of ghosts. Janelle Cardoso is one of those people on our team. She can get really, really great photos. You know, and um, so Tim's going to be on, on, on Monday. But again, I'm going to be on Sunday reading from... Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Miracle. Okay, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five people. We're equal opportunity here. We're trying to get the word out. And I want to give you guys some numbers because I'm really excited. The numbers came in from YouTube, and we jumped from 500 views a month to over 2,000 views a month. So we are getting momentum with this show, a lot of momentum. Um so keep it up. Keep sharing the show with your friends. You can also view it if you have trouble, you know, viewing the show on Facebook or YouTube. You can also go directly to the website at www.californiahauntsradio.com, and you can view and you, you, you can view or even hear it as a podcast on iHeartRadio and TuneIn, as well as see it directly on that page, on the front page. You know, um, so you can do that. You know what? I'm nonprofit. The team's nonprofit. Everything that you see here, backdrop, my little sign. I like my little sign. Um, you know, all this stuff, the mics, all the mixers, everything, computers, that comes out of my pocket, just like the equipment for the paranormal team. All the cameras, everything we use, all comes out of my pocket. And it gets pricey. So if you guys could help me out a little bit, because I want to keep these guests coming. I really do. You know, um, this, is, this is my KVIE moment. To ask for, for ask for donations. So if you could PayPal.me at California Haunts, that would be great because we really, we really, you know, need to keep our equipment up and keep this thing going because I'm enjoying this show and, and like I just said, the numbers are starting to to rise dramatically on YouTube. So we want to keep that up and keep that going. Um, what was there? Something else I wanted to add and I can't remember. I'll probably remember after I'm off the air because it's just just how I am. Oh yeah, every all all the proceeds we make from the psychic readings are going back into the team, you know, for equipment and stuff. Because there's a lot of equipment we have to get tripods that are missing and stuff like that. So um, if you if you feel the need and you'd like to get get uh, three questions answered from Stephanie, also if if while Stephanie's doing the reading, if one of your deceased friends or relatives come comes forward, she will talk with them as well for you and you know you can have that kind of communication going on too so it's a really cool event anyway i want to thank you guys for coming tonight 
and I hope you enjoyed this. I had fun. Once I got rolling, I had fun. It took me a bit to get rolling with the stories, but I have a lot of stories. We've done a lot of investigating and a lot of experiences, and I can't say that I've seen it all because the minute you think you've seen it all, something else crops up that you weren't aware of that's going on in the paranormal world, you know, but uh, I'm glad I got to share this time with you guys, and a couple more announcements really quick, too, is the plan is that we are going to be doing a documentary, and we're going to start filming for that with team members probably in a month or so um, in my home studio. So you, it's going to be like a meet and greet with our team members where they're going to do individual, like, maybe three, two, three, four, five-minute videos so you guys get to know who they are leading up to the filming. But we're going to be doing a documentary on all the old hotels in the Gold Country. That's going to be our first shot at it. So, um Big, big plans, big things going, all right? So I will see you on Sunday if you're interested. And again, I will be reading from Mrs. Miracle on Sunday. And that will be at 6.30 p.m. I will see you guys. Have a good one.